to Talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1. It's Friday Night Football as the Dons host St Mirren at an empty Pataudry this evening. And the international break is once again just around the corner. And Dons boss Derek McInnes wants to head into that break on a high. This is the last game for a couple of weeks and it's important that we try and finish off this little period with another three points, hopefully, and get to 18 points from eight games. And while it's not been perfect, clearly it's still been quite satisfactory with some of the, the stuff the boys have been playing. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Evening, I'm Mike and I'm joined by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny, who are in position at Pataudry ahead of tonight's game. Uh, starting with, with you, Dave. Derry McInnes is talking there about the importance of getting a win going into the break. On paper, that should be the case tonight. Yeah, and on paper, it should have been the case as our last home game when Motherwell arrived at Pataudry, bottom of the league, just as the Saints do this evening. So, but I think... To be fair, Aberdeen learned their lesson against Motherwell uh, a couple of weeks ago because I don't see that happening again. They're in a good place just now. The team, they've played very well last Sunday uh, against Ross County. They played well enough over in in Lisbon in the Europa League and I don't think they'll make the same mistake twice. The good thing is they're racking up wins. It makes such a difference if you get three points as opposed to the the single point for a draw on day 18 going into the October international break would be not a bad return for, for Derek. Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. And of course, with St Mirren on that run of form that they're on, it's five defeats in a row, a row now for them. Uh, usually, as we're talking about on paper there, it, it would mean a foregone conclusion. But we know that that's not the case. And of course, the team, the Dons tonight, will have to go into this game and treat it in, with the same respect they do every other game. Yeah, and that's the message that they'll be getting from the manager, I'm quite sure. He'll be looking for them to start as positively and as quickly as they did up at Dingwall on Sunday where I counted five good chances that they passed up in the opening ten minutes of that game and you know if that match had finished 6 or 7 nil to Aberdeen. I don't think Stuart Kettlewell would have said it was an unfair reflection of the play because Aberdeen was so dominant. But you're right, I mean, St Mirren always make it difficult for Aberdeen here. They've had a couple of 2-2 draws uh, down the years uh, in, in recent terms, recent times, I should say. Uh, and despite the fact that they're on this five-game losing trot, they will make it difficult for Aberdeen. But I think the Dons squad um, has got such a, an attacking look to it that they're going to find it extremely difficult to keep Aberdeen at bay. Yeah, and uh, of course with St Mirren, you know, you sometimes look at these games, Dave, and you go, when a team's coming off the back of five defeats, you think <laughs> there's always that point where where they can get that win or get that draw, and obviously that's you know that the, the pressure's kind of off them in some ways because they aren't expected really to get an awful lot. F- from this game and I guess Jim Goodwin will be saying that to his players you know try and try and keep that keep Aberdeen from scoring early on and, and see what happens yeah I think they'll come in they'll, they'll play it very cagey I'm quite sure very tight um, they'll get men behind the ball try and as you say frustrate Aberdeen but if Aberdeen and I think it was a, the Ross County were quite open last last week and that allowed Aberdeen to create the chances but if you can get an early goal it changes the whole complexion of the game it means that Mirren will have to come out if they want to get anything from the game and that could be great news for Aberdeen so the, the early goal as it always is is something that I'm sure Derek will be desperate for Yeah well let's talk about that game last week just for a moment Ross County of course up in Dingwall it was 3-0 to the Dons 10-man Ross County with uh, Ian Vigers being sent off on the hour mark uh, goal 
goal for Marley Watkins and that could prove really important because it is all about confidence Andrew it is and uh, you saw the reaction from his, his teammates when he's, he got the header in uh, albeit uh, Ross Laidlaw I'm sure looks back on that and thinks I really ought to have done better his starting position was poor uh, he took a little half step to try and generate momentum for the dive didn't get nearly enough on it and ended up just palming it into the corner of the net but it was a, it was a well directed header from Marley Watkins and that was ironically the hardest chance that Aberdeen had in the first half it was a good cross from Johnny Hayes but um, Watkins had to do well to climb up above Alex Iacoviti and direct the header into the corner but uh, Watkins once again was pivotal in a lot of thing, good things that Aberdeen did it was his run um, from getting on to Scott Wright's pass that led to Ross McCrory being pulled down by Ian Vigers getting the red card and it resulted in the penalty but uh, yeah Marley Watkins I, I think now that he's, he's got that first goal for Aberdeen you could see him go on and score two or three uh, in the next few weeks because um, uh, it's always a pressure on a striker when you haven't hit the back of the net now that he's done it he can play with even more freedom yeah, and one thing as well, Dave, that we've seen more from the Dons this season, I think, is is that patience to hold on, even when there were so many chances in that game for the Dons early on, but the goal wasn't coming. And then, of course, it was the 42nd minute before they did get that goal. Um, but it's the patience and it's the, the belief that it is coming and, and just keeping chipping away, even when things aren't quite hitting the back of the net. Yeah, I think the patience, but also the way that Aberdeen are playing the Play, playing with a, an attractive brand of football that perhaps wasn't as evident last season, and you know, with the wing backs and uh, playing it from the back, uh, th- their patience is absolutely essential. But as I say, the, the style of football this season, I think the fans would agree, is just uh, so much more attractive and, and pleasing on the eye. Lewis Ferguson, integral part of the team now, and it uh, has been for a while, but getting goals. And last weekend, Andrew, was a weekend of <laughs> penalty calls across the UK. There were lots of them. Uh, the Dons with two penalties, but Lewis Ferguson scoring both of them. And, you know, scoring one penalty in a game is one thing. To step up and get the second goal, especially at such a young young age, from the spot, it's always tricky, that second penalty. It is, because uh, having sent the goalkeeper the wrong way the first time, you think, right, do I put it in the same place and hope that he tries to second guess me and thinks I'm going to go the opposite corner uh, but he put plenty pace onto the second penalty and although Laidlaw got a hand to it he couldn't keep it out but uh, you're right it was a, a weekend of penalties I think the, the two for Aberdeen were absolutely justified um, you could see that uh, McCrory was pulled down by Vigers as he was closing in and goal, that's a penalty Josh Reed, for some reason decided to throw an arm at the ball uh, when the cross came in, that was a penalty the two at Park moves into the slightly more doubtful category. The one that uh, Tottenham conceded, exceptionally doubtful. And um, you just have to, you, you watch that and you watch the Brighton game and, okay, maybe the Brighton game, they got it right. Um, the, the penalty being awarded after the final whistle had been blown, but the incident took place obviously before the final whistle blew. But the, the Tottenham one, you just think, thank goodness we don't have VAR up here mm. because it, it's it's becoming an absolute nonsense now that, um, you know, it's... 
you can almost get players that are trying to perfect the skill of being able to hit an opponent on the arm in the penalty area, yeah. regardless of where he's looking. And you're shouting for a penalty. And with VAR, now yeah, you're getting I them. think the fact that you've got somebody, uh, such an experienced manager as Roy Hodgson, who's despairing <laughs> about the way football is going, I mean, something has to be done because mm. it's spoiling. Newcastle fans would have been delighted last well, week. Yeah. But, uh, uh-huh. It is spoiling the enjoyment. Un- yeah. Unfortunately, the unwritten law of football use common sense has been forgotten yeah uh, and of course down south you're waiting about a minute before anyone's actually celebrating a goal which is you know half half of <laughs> the passion gone of scoring oh, the, a goal the, the, the spontaneity is completely gone now isn't it I mean uh, you, you hit the, a shot into the back of the net and then you've got to go and sit and back and wait and see uh, if this check is that, that box is ticked that box is ticked that box is ticked uh, and you know it, it's it's not benefiting the game at all and at a time like this when you're not able to get crowds into football you're going to drive a TV audience away mm-hmm. uh, and that can't be good for the game in the long run so I really think that the the powers that be, the administrators whoever it is the suits out in FIFA headquarters whoever it is that's, that's coming up with these ideas has got to go away and, and think look, I know that the, the spirit is maybe edging towards right but the actual practices that they're putting into place are far from right and the sooner they get something sorted out the better because as Dave said you know when you get an experienced head and a calm head like Roy Hodgson he's not one of the hot heads he stops and he thinks before he speaks and when he's telling you look this is just an absolute nonsense then You've got to listen to people like that. Uh, do you think there's confusion with the handball situation when, when there is a handball in the box? Not not the Dons game last week, I'm not talking about that one, but just in general, because we are seeing this time and time again, and you see some people come out and say, it's definitely not a penalty, and other people saying, well, it's a penalty because, you know, that's the letter of the law. And it must be difficult being a referee because you are implementing to what you're told, you're given your instructions, you have to go out there, and, and then, of course... By doing that, often you open yourself up to criticism from people watching and uh, and and people who are paid to comment on that. Um, because often, you know, they talk about this unnatural position, but it's very difficult to determine <laughs> what what is and what isn't an unnatural position. And with handball, it does it has changed over the years as to what constitutes a handball. Well, as Peter Waltoning in one of the televised games was saying, the referees were actually right in the way they were interpreting the law, but he was saying that the law needs to be changed, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm sure David Ellery, the former referee, he's right in the centre of making these decisions. He is, yeah. I mean, it's all these faceless bureaucrats in the game that are, are making decisions that really they need to come out and justify why they're making these decisions. Uh, I mean, you think back to, to last week at Fair Park... Uh, the Bevis Mugabe handball where a cross comes in Scott Arfield in front of him ducks now Mugabe's hand is going is moving down the way he's not he can't see the ball so how is he trying to play the ball and yet the ball strikes him in the hand and the referee awards a penalty I mean this this should still have the deliberate handball that that word deliberate needs to be brought back into the law mm. this accidental handball it, it becomes a nonsense i mean it, i think there was was it the manchester city game against leicester I, I saw the highlights of that and by the way the three penalties that manchester city gave away were mm-hmm. absolute stonewallers every yeah, one of yeah, them yeah. Um, but they were showing how defenders now 
you know, face up to a cross coming into the box, and it's arms by their sides, arms behind their backs. You can't move <laughs> naturally yeah. when your your arms are tucked in, and you know it, it's it's making the the game look a little bit like it should be played by robots now instead of human beings. Well, back to tonight's game and, you know, controversial potential calls aside, of course, it is a big game for the Dons to get that win, especially going into uh, the international break, which is just around the corner. Let's get the thoughts of some of the Dons fans ahead of tonight's game. I'm going to hear from our fan reporter, Graham Watt, in just a minute. But firstly, this is uh, Dons fan, Ryan Heatley. Um, I absolutely see us blown away sitting in tonight. Um, we're playing some great football. Um, there's no striker to speak of, so it's nice that we're having to play a little bit more instead of just thumping the ball at the top and hoping for the best. Going to go with four goals and a clean sheet. Um, sadly, I won't be able to enjoy the game myself this evening as I will be working. Um, that's the official response, but I'll maybe sneak into the office and catch a wee bit of it. I think Marley Watkins will keep his spot, you know. I think a lot of fans have been very impressed with him. Um, myself included, I, I like the way you know holds the ball up. He brings other players into the game. You know, Aberdeen's style has changed a little bit this season. It's not just throwing balls up the park. There's a lot more creativity in the Aberdeen squad. Um, and yeah, as I say, Mike, I think tonight will be a night that Aberdeen put three, four, five, possibly pass it in tonight. Hopefully, um, they keep it in a clean sheet and gives us that little boost going into the international break. But yeah, I'll say four, Michael. I'll go in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Going in the middle at four. I mean, look, this is the thing, isn't it? It's um, it, it's fantastic that the Dons fans are so enthusiastic about getting goals and getting big wins. But even then, one nil, we take that. Um, yeah, you would take the, the, that <laughs> result. But um, I can see exactly where they're coming from, having seen a uh, Aberdeen play. It, last, it just last worries week. me slightly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we all know that um, you know consistency is is one of the things that has sometimes dogged Aberdeen. But I, I do think you know I was speaking to Johnny Hayes after the game uh, at Dingwall, and I said to him, you know, you must be enjoying playing because you're playing such a uh, with such a panache about the. the, the style um, and he said yeah and he says I think there's more to come from this squad and I I, I agree with him I mean the 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 sort of the pairings of McCrory and Ferguson they're just going to get better in time the pairing of Scott Wright and Ryan Hedges which is going really well is just going to get better in time and you know the old heads like Niall McGinn and Johnny Hayes and Andrew Considine they just keep on flowing on just you've got players to come back from injuries exactly mm. that, that, that's the other thing I mean you've got Sam Cosgrove Mikey Devlin Curtis Main and Matty Kennedy all hopefully going to be back in full training um, after the international break and it gives the, the manager a real headache um, uh, as to who he selects but it's a good headache to have because you, there's a lot of players there that have taken on board uh, the fact that it is a big squad this season and possibly in terms of, of numbers in comparison with last year certainly in terms of quality in comparison with last year there's so much quality in that squad that everybody knows that they've got to be on the top of their game not just when they're out in the park uh, playing matches but in training they've got to show to the manager and to Tony Doherty and to the rest of the coaching staff that they are ready to, to go come Saturday afternoon whenever the game kicks off uh, and it's 
the, the boys are all bringing the best out of each other. Yeah, and it's testament, Dave, to the players that have been playing that we haven't really talked an awful lot about the players that have been out. Yeah, it's um, uh, absolutely, and you've got players that look reborn this season, Scott Wright and Ryan Hedges being two, you know, we've, we've said it before, Ryan really suffered with injuries and loss of form last last season, Scott missed most of the season through that uh, really bad injury, but they've come back really f- like like new players, and they uh, are in the, in the starting eleven regularly absolutely on merit and uh, it's great once the whole squad's back I'm sure we'll be speaking about the ones that are out just now Yeah it is Red Friday on North Sound 1 we're going to be hearing from Niall McGinn we'll also hear from St Mirren boss Jim Goodwin that's all coming up plus we'll talk about tonight's Kilmarnock Motherwell game that is now off and of course it's all code related we'll talk about that that's all in the way in just a minute It's time to talk football It's time to talk Dons North Sound 1 Red Friday Friday Night Football tonight it's at Pataudry it's Aberdeen against St Mirren Sam Cosgrove is back in light training and now begin is delighted to see the striker starting his journey back to fitness yeah no obviously you, you obviously miss your, your, your top goal scorer from, from last season and to see him to see him out on the pitch running uh, it just oozes confidence throughout the whole squad uh, he's obviously delighted but I'm sure he's looking from the outside in and he's thinking this is this is brilliant. Well, the sort of attacking floor we have, such as uh, Johnny, sort of playing that wing back role. You've got Scotty Hedges, myself, uh, just other players sort of creating chances. We're we're getting more crosses in the box, which you want. So Sam's probably obviously delighted at, at the moment. He's he's going to come back into sort of the, the, the fold of things that he's going to maybe create uh, get opportunities for himself and, and obviously score goals. And I was just delighted for Marley because he, he's been working tr- tremendously hard. His hold up play, bringing other players into into the game, has been brilliant. And I was just delighted for him to, to get that goal before half time of the weekend. And hopefully that can. Uh, keep his confidence growing and growing and hopefully he can kick on and uh, grab an hour one or two before the next international break which is obviously next week North Sound 1 Red Friday It's an exciting prospect Dave to have Sam Cosgrove back in the, the squad potentially very soon but tonight too early for him Absolutely, and no pressure on Marley Watkins from Nile there <laughs> getting one or two before the break, which means tonight. To get them tonight. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, it, as I say, it's, it's what it, I said it earlier. The, the team's in a great place at the moment, and a, a, a win tonight of any sort will see them go into that two-week break uh, on a high, which they did before the last break. And of course, the breaks are, we've got a third break coming up next month as well so mm. they're coming thick and fast yeah Andrew it is all about getting that win going into the break and it is so so important just because it it really means that you're not you're not sort of thinking about that that game that got away and then you've got that whole sort of two weeks and then of course it's, it's Dundee United and it becomes more of an issue than, than maybe it would have been in a normal you know non-international break kind of time but it is just getting the, getting the win tonight obviously goals are important but first and foremost just being professional and getting the three points yeah that's exactly right Mike um, the last thing you want to do is go into a, a fortnight's downtime from playing football dwelling on, on a bad result because usually bad results are the result of bad performances so uh, what we're looking for is, is a, a good showing from Aberdeen tonight ideally embellished with a few goals uh, which we'd all like to see uh, but you're right just make sure that you get the, the result right uh, but you know it's Friday night football I was just looking back um, since 2011 when I think that's when the televised uh, Friday night football uh, started up once again uh, 
we've played 11 home games on a Friday night and we've only lost one we've won the other 10 games and there's been some pretty memorable goals in, in some of those I mean the, the very first one Dave was Scott Vernon's hat trick against uh, Dunfermline which I, re- I remembered that but uh, you I, didn't, I remember. didn't remember the four, four sorry Fraser yeah, Fraser 5 he got his, his one and only Aberdeen goal uh, one of the other very memorable ones was when Willow Flood scored an absolute screamer and it was the celebration from Willow that was almost more iconic because he just <laughs> ran away with that look in his face as to what have I done it what have I done <laughs> much of a shock to Willow as it had to the rest of us <laughs> Yeah. Um, but um, we've got a good record, and uh, Nal McGinn, who you, were, you had on there just a couple of seconds ago, and he seems to do well on Friday nights. And it was interesting hearing him uh, speak to the press. He said that when he played in the Aircom League in Ireland, their games were always on a Friday night, uh, and it's a great way to start your weekend. And that was always the way that the fans looked at it. I think was um, you came to Petardry on the Friday night, you had a good performance from your team, uh, and that gave you the whole weekend to go and celebrate that good performance so let's hope that we get that uh, tonight that um, although the fans aren't here that they can uh, go into the weekend enjoying it and it was always the case as well you know when you were the only game on the Friday night if Mm -hmm. you won it you had your three points on the board before anybody else had a chance to to get theirs on and it put added pressure on other clubs that they had to try and and match what you'd done the night before of course this time round it was meant all the games on the Friday to give Steve Clark that extra (laughs) slight range Uh Celtic now play on Sunday which doesn't uh, it doesn't help and and of course Kilmarnock and Motherwell don't play at all Um, so the Motherwell players that are in the Scotland squads, they are they are not getting a game under their belt, which possibly helps Steve Clark's cause, uh, but it's it's a worrying sign that game being called off because you do think it's the thin end of the wedge and that it's going to be the start of of more postponements of that ilk coming. Yeah, I remember that first Friday night game, the the four nil uh, against the Fermanagh. One thing I remember about it was hearing the roar. Uh, across the city because obviously Friday night there was a real buzz about it and I think you're right in that it does give you that opportunity to set up the weekend so tonight obviously no fans Dave and that's that's a real shame but also it is still even with the other games going on it's an opportunity to really set up the weekend it certainly is and uh, you know that first game I think we all remember that that 4-0 and it was it, we were the only game that night on the, fr- the Friday night and uh, getting a 4-0 win the fans just went out and enjoyed themselves which I'm sure some of them will socially distancing of course if if we get the, the desired result tonight but no it's uh, it does change the whole mood of probably the city certainly all the, the, the football following fans in the city yeah, absolutely. We're going to also hear from uh, from Jim Goodwin in just a few minutes because St Mirren, Andrew, well, that's that's five defeats in a row for them. What do they do tonight? If you if you're in that dressing room before, what does Jim Goodwin say to his players? Uh, try and keep it as tight as possible and don't allow Aberdeen to get that early goal that we were talking about. Um, because if Aberdeen do score early, it could be the catalyst for an absolute hiding for St Mirren the longer the game can stay tight the more St Mirren are in with an outside chance of of getting something out of the game Um, I don't think he would be too bothered if um, uh, his side didn't score in the early stages of the game uh, because 
if you score too early, uh, you've got an awful long time to try and keep your back door closed mm. uh, and that's something that they haven't been doing they don't score a lot of goals that's their biggest problem um, they've only scored five goals all season uh, John Obika's got two Richard Tate's got one Dylan Collin Connolly's got one and Lee Irwin's got one and you know that is the same number of goals that uh, Lewis Ferguson has scored it's the yeah. same number that Ryan Hedges has scored it's all um, confidence it, it, it is and yeah. and when you're at the bottom and you've lost five in a row the confidence is frail uh, and you know, you can't see them coming out and taking chances uh, and trying to do anything different. It will be just stay in your shape, don't make mistakes. Um, you know, Joe Shocknessy, ex Aberdeen player, uh, central defender for St Mirren, you can see him saying to his, his fellow back four players, look, if in doubt, just shell it out the park. Don't take chances, don't get caught in the ball. Aberdeen have got players that can do serious damage to you. And I think the two fullbacks tonight, um, it was Cammy McPherson and Marcus Fraser that were in the fullback positions when they played Kilmarnock last week. They could be in for a torrid evening because um, Aberdeen down the, the flanks on Sunday were dynamic, they were extremely dangerous, they got loads of crosses into the area lots of balls into the box on the deck uh, and when you've got players of the ability of Scott Wright and Ryan Hedges running at defenders you know they could be in for a long night tonight so I think Jim Goodwin's message will be just keep it simple keep it tight keep yourselves in the game as long as you possibly can Yeah it is the Dons against St Mirren tonight at Petaudry it's a Friday night game we're going to hear from St Mirren boss Jim Goodwin in just a moment right now though let's get your latest North Sound 1 news headlines Across North East Scotland North Sound The First Minister says she's made it crystal clear to Margaret Ferrier that she should quit as an MP after breaking coronavirus rules. She took the train from London to Glasgow this week despite knowing she had COVID-19. The White House says Donald Trump and wife Melania have mild symptoms after testing positive for coronavirus. The US president is said to be in good spirits. Flooding could be on the cards across the northeast this weekend. There's an amber weather warning in place for Aberdeen City and Shire. And Aberdeen are in premiership action tonight as they welcome St Mirren to Pitaudry. Manager Derek McInnes says he's happy with his squad and has no plans to add to it before the transfer window closes on Monday. There's no plans to do. There's no plans to do so. You know, I think that we've been... I'm really grateful to the from the, the the support we've had to add the players we have had uh, this season with Johnny, Marley, Tommy, and Ross. Um, all good signings in their own merit. There's more news and sports on our website. That's the latest. I'm Neil Murray. North Sound One. Get all the biggest hits and the biggest throwbacks without lifting a finger. Just ask your smart speaker to play North Sound One. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Just over an hour and ten minutes until Aberdeen against St Mirren at Petaudry this evening. St Mirren, they've endured a poor run of late with five defeats in a row and boss Jim Goodwin is under no illusion as to how hard tonight's game will be against an in-form Aberdeen. They've really hit the ground running, there's no doubt about it. Um, but they've done well to keep their players fit during that couple of week period that they've had off. And um, you know, I think they had one kind of slip-up to Motherwell a few weeks ago uh, at Petaudry and I think Barry came out and held his hands up and gave Motherwell all the credit. But apart from that, I think they've been excellent. You know, they really have. Um, you know, listen, they're, they're a good team, really well organised, 
have actually gone a little bit different this year, it appears, than, than what they were last year. Um, seem to be playing out from the back a lot, and um, you know they've made some great signings. You know, McCrory is a, an excellent addition. I think you see the qualities that he brings. Uh, Edmondson is one that we actually tried to get ourselves in the summer. Uh, I watched him a few times on the road down in England, watching the under twenty three games, and. Um, you know, he's a, a real handful, uh, leads the line really well for such a young lad. So, look, they're, they're a very good team. We'll be huge underdogs, we know that, especially given our current run of form and, and, and how good they've been. And I watched their game over in Europe and I thought, uh, against Sport and Lisbon, I thought they were excellent in that particular game as well. Really difficult uh, opposition away from home. And I, I thought they were unlucky actually not to get a draw in the end. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but every game in this league is tough, and we have to go there in the hope that we can, um, you know, stop this poor run that we're on and, and take the positive result back down the road. North Side One Red Friday. Jim Goodwin there speaking and talking about being underdogs, which will, I'm sure, suit St Mirren tonight. Um, but also, from your perspective, Andrew, who's the who's the Dons player that uh, we need to watch tonight? Who's the one that's going to make the difference? Well, just before I get on to that, I can tell you that we've got an unchanged starting eleven tonight. Uh, Joe Lewis in goals, Ash Taylor, Tommy Hoban, Andy Considine across the back, Niall McGinn, Ross McCrory, Lewis Ferguson and Johnny Hayes in the middle with uh, Scott Wright, Ryan Hedges and Marley Watt up top, subs tonight Thomas Cherney, Shea Logan, Funso Ojo Dylan McGeer Conor McLennan, Bruce Anderson, Ronnie Hernandez Jack McKenzie and Ryan Edmondson uh, To pick a danger man, I think uh, the man who wears the number 11 shirt uh, Ryan Hedges in prime form um, looks dangerous every time he gets on the ball He's a he's a tall player He's He's quick, he's got great feet, uh, and he's difficult to hold off the ball when he when he runs at, at people. And, you know, I think every time he he's on it and moving forward, you can see danger signs lighting up for the opposition, particularly if Scott Wright is in the vicinity because the two of them dovetail so well together, seem to have an almost telepathic understanding of, of where each other's going to be, what they're trying to do, and... Uh, you know, if, if the two of them click together, they can absolutely run riot. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get your thoughts a little later on, uh, David, because I want to talk about Kilmarnock Motherwell just now, because obviously the news this afternoon that that game is off, the entire Kilmarnock squad having to self-isolate for 14 days uh, affects not only this game, but also the two League Cup games they've got with Falkirk and Dunfermline. It's been a worrying week or two, Dave. Is this a sign, do you think, of more COVID-related problems to come? I hope not, but I, I do fear that that is the case. Um, we were just talking about the Betfred Cup games that they might have to actually uh, forfeit mm. because it's a group it's group matches, so we're running out of dates to get these completed. Um, but it is a very, very worry. But, but to be honest, it's one that a lot of people suspected was going to happen. It was only a matter of time. I mean, tonight's opponents, they've had problems as we have as well with uh, COVID-19. Uh, so it's... Uh, hopefully, as I say, it's not a sign of things to come, but uh, if, it, if it is, I, for one, will not be t- at all surprised. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, again, just touching on it, because it is something that has been particularly in the news, there is talk about this possible reset that we might be facing in the October holidays, of course nothing is at this stage confirmed, it does seem to be changing day by day, we, we sort of wait for those updates, uh, but you do feel that maybe this is is not going to be a one-off No, um, 
like Dave, I hope it's not the case because there are so few dates to be able to fit other games, fit uh, rearranged games in that, you know, I think they're talking about the Challenge Cup, they're just going to forget about that. I think that is eminently sensible. Mm -hmm. It may be the case that they just have to forget about the Betfred Cup this season, which is very unfortunate being one of the the big three trophies in Scotland. Yes, you don't get a European qualification from it, so it doesn't affect that, which maybe makes it slightly easier for the powers that be to to call it off or even postpone it until having it as a summer competition when maybe come summertime... uh, there will be, there'll definitely be a, a need for finance to come into football. So it may be the case that they decide, why don't you shift the, the Betfred Cup to to summertime? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a, a possible scenario. Just quickly, uh, I'll give you the St Mirren team. I've yep. got it now in front of me. It's Jack Anik in goals, Cammy McPherson, Conor McCarthy, Joe Shocknessy, Marcus Fraser, Ethan Erhawn, uh, John Obika, Nathan Sheeran, Jamie McGrath, uh, Junior Marais, and Lee Erwin. That's two changes from the side that played against Kilmarnock and they're named only four substitutes which is somewhat surprising. I know that they, they only had, I don't think they had the full nine uh, at the weekend and Jim Goodwin said, well, I don't have a big squad but um, it does appear that they've only named uh, Dean Linus, the goalkeeper, Kyle McAllister Ilke Dormus and uh, Lewis Jemison as their, their substitutes. Hmm. Somewhat surprising. And unless, of course, um, you know, they're another club that has uh, had problems with the uh, COVID infection down there in Paisley. Uh, And it may be the case that... um, there's, there's more players who are having to isolate that we hadn't heard about. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that's what's going to happen, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's it's great if you can have, you know, make five substitutes out of a, a potential nine. But there are going to be clubs who are going to really struggle to be able to, to get enough bodies onto the pitch, never mind have people sitting in the in the sidelines. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that and see if we can get any more news on that before seven. Uh, just a word on the Scottish Challenge Cup. It has been cancelled for this season. 80% of the clubs agreed that it should not go ahead. Um, and uh, the the SPFL said it was a sad day for the tournament and they said it's extremely concerning. So many clubs felt they couldn't afford to participate this season. But to be honest, Dave, it's not a huge surprise that they feel, feel that way. It's not a huge surprise. And the uncertainty that is, say, throughout not just football but everywhere, uh, you know, clubs are losing money hand over fist. They are really struggling. The, the lower league clubs without fans, they need the fans. That's what, what keeps them going. Uh, some, A few have the odd benefactor that will, will uh, dip into their pockets, but it's, it's a sad state of affairs. It's not surprising at all. And like Andrew, I think that's the only decision that could have been made. Yeah, of course, it means Ross County are the last winners of the Challenge Cup in 2019. So, uh, yeah, uh, Andrew, just a very quick prediction from you. What do you, what do you think the score is going to be tonight? Uh, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, I know. Um, what I'd like to see is... Um, a similar start to, to Dingwall, but putting the ball in the back of the net uh, a, a couple of times to, to take the, the pressure off and then free everybody up that they can they can go and show all their party pieces. So um, I think 4-0 Aberdeen. 4-0, all right. Uh, well, we'll be getting Dave McDermott's prediction because Beat the Pundit is on the way and this week we've got Don's fan Mazza who's having a go. Last week it was JP. We'll find out how JP got on and we'll get Mazza's predictions. That's all on the way in just a minute. It's time to talk. 
talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Just under one hour to go until kickoff is Aberdeen against St Mirren at Pataudry. I'm Mike, I'm joined by Dave McDermott who is in the Pataudry uh, in position ready for this evening. Just a, a couple of signings that have happened just today with obviously deadline day looming nearer and nearer. Dave, we've got uh, Devante Cole is back at Motherwell. Yeah, on that a... was, that's been on the cards for a wee while. Yeah, permanent basis this time. Um, a good player as well. So it seems that he, he, he fits in quite well there and probably much needed for them. Yeah, and it, he knows the, the club, so he's not going into the unknown by any means. He knows most of the his teammates. And, uh, yeah, I think it's one that uh, Stephen Robinson was desperate to, to get him back and uh, well done to him for succeeding. Ross County have released Josh Mullen, but they've also uh, brought in Jermaine Hilton from, from Motherwell. Uh, and a chance for him to get some some football as well. And Hamilton have signed Ryan Scully as well, the goal, goalkeeper, and a deal till January. So squads uh, other outside of the sort of top uh, four or five sides that are starting to add to their squad now, just to try and bolster. And I think this season, more than any, you can see why they're trying to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got clubs that have got uh, players are having to self-isolate from time to time with monotonous regularity so mm. you're going to have to have players that can come in. We saw the situation at St Mirren where Bobby Lamal was signed when the, the goalkeepers were all out of action and uh, Jamie Langfield for goodness <laughs> sake was on, the, was on the bench for that f- uh, for a couple of games. So I bet he was glad there was no injury. I'm sure he was, game. although he, he's, he'd probably be glad to get back, back yeah, out there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm but, sure. Uh, no, it's, it's just a, such a, a strange unique situation that uh, you know uh, nobody should be surprised what happens in Scottish football right now Now one big rumour of course does involve St Mirren uh, who are the Don's opponents tonight and that's Kyle McGuinness there's all, all sorts of talks, uh, talk about him going to Hibs uh, Jim Goodwin was asked about that he's um, he's not kind of giving away too much but that seems to be one of the rumours involving the Don's opponents tonight Yeah good player came through the academy and um, Jim Goodwin saying that uh, it, they won't let him go on the cheap, and, and neither neither should they. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hibs have missed out on a few signings. Uh, of course, they <laughs> they thought they had uh, Ross McCrory in the bag, but uh, Dent McInnes's uh, persua- persuasive tones managed to uh, uh, do that. And I don't think Hibs will be too chuffed with us because also Funso Ojo was yeah. very much going to Hibs before Derek stepped in, and. Uh, and Alan Campbell, they've been linked with at Motherwell, and yeah, good player, Alan Campbell, and, and one that uh, Derek after the Motherwell game a couple of weeks ago came out and and uh, named as being. We, we needed more Alan Campbells out there today and he was absolutely mm-hmm. right in, in commentary we mentioned him all the time because he was a real live wire in the middle of the park Alright, it's time for Beat the Pundit and last week it was JP who was the Dons fan who went up against you Dave uh, how did he get on? Uh, very well unfortunately <laughs> because he managed to get two correct scores so he scored seven points I had a pretty poor three points Oh so, dear So I'm now you, you set it up with great sincerity Mike <laughs> uh, So I'm now four and a half three and a half ahead but uh, in our our battle that we all have uh, I'm still in the lead with 42 points Mm. Red Army on 36 Mike you had 8 last week so you're in 32 Andrew uh, holding up the league at the bottom with 4 points last week he's on 28 well, this week, it's Don's fan, Maza, who's having a go, and our fan reporter, Graham Watt, got his predictions. So tonight, Mike, we've got Martin. He will be taking on Dave McDermott tonight. Hopefully, he can get a win for the Red Army. So, Martin, first of all, your score predictions for Friday night's games. Dundee United versus Livingston, first of all. 2-1 Dundee United. Hibs against Hamilton. I'm going to go for 3-0 Hibs. 
And the last of the Friday night games, Aberdeen against St Mirren. I will go 3-0 to the Dons. Moving on to Sunday, we've got St Johnston against Celtic. How do you see that one going, Martin? The Celtic game, I think Celtic will win 3-1. And finally, Rangers against Ross County. And... Rangers will be 3-0 Rangers well, There we go There's the thoughts of Mazza or as uh, Graham giving him his Sunday name Martin but what about uh, what about you Dave what, how do you think the games are going to go starting with Dundee United Livingston well it's going to be close between me and Martin because uh, <laughs> I've also gone for 2-1 Dundee United ok Hibs Hamilton 2-0 uh, Hibs uh, then of course tonight the Don St Mirren uh, like Martin I've gone 3-0 Aberdeen right, one goal difference so far this yep. is going to go well uh, Sunday then St Johnston against Celtic it stays boring I'm afraid because I've gone 3-0 and Martin's gone 3-1 right, it's two goals swing for there for Celtic yeah yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I assume uh, Rangers Ross County I've gone 4-0 to Martin's 3-0 so three goals difference in total between he, he you know, he knows what he's talking about does Martin <laughs> he must do yeah <laughs> we'll see how many uh, how many points between you yeah. <laughs> you score next nil, week 0 draw <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so back to tonight's game then, of course, because we're just we're under an hour from kickoff now. And, and confirmation there, just looking at the the lineups there of the four substitutes for St Mirren, and you know it is it is in some ways this season a luxury to have the option of those five substitutes. Um, it's, it's been a, a real change, and you've seen it really being utilised. And it is, a, it is going to be a problem tonight for Jim Goodwin just ha- having any options if he does need to change it. Well, the one one thing he won't want is picking up any injuries early on because he's so limited on the bench. But it's a strange one. And uh, again, as I've said, it's a sign of the times. We shouldn't be surprised at anything that uh, Scottish football throws us right now. Uh, from an Aberdeen perspective, though, um, we've talked about it many times. Don's playing a, a different brand of football this season. Uh, we talk about the early goal, but having said that, when you look at the game against Ross County, it took until 42 minutes in before Aberdeen got the goal. They kept their cool, they kept their calm, and they kept the attention on the Ross County uh, back line. But it is about starting well, if nothing else. It is, and uh, as Andrew said in his summation for tonight, he, he's looking for the same start in terms of the way... That, I, I think uh, St Mirren will play a lot tighter uh, brand of football than Ross County did because they were the home side last week yeah. and uh, Aberdeen had plenty of opportunities. Defensively, Ross County weren't brilliant, but St Mirren, they need to shut up shop if they want to contain this Aberdeen side, but uh, Aberdeen get the early goal the whole game plan changes for, for Jim Goodwin but, but the thing of course from Adon's perspective this season is as well if, if things do need to change Derek mckinnis has got a big bench of first team players at his disposal he likes Dylan McGeoch and he's got Bruce Anderson out there and he's got Hernandez and Logan so he's got real options he's got real options all over the park on the bench and that's the, that's the good thing he can he can switch things around if uh, if things aren't going going to plan so there's no doubt as as Jim said in his, his interview uh, they're the massive underdog but you know, we just got to be reminded that Motherwell were underdogs when they arrived here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, football has a funny way of throwing up odd scores. But I'd be amazed if Aberdeen didn't take the three points tonight. Marley Watkins, uh, now again spoke about Marley Watkins being delighted he's got that goal. I think that was shared amongst the squad. You could see that on the players' faces. Uh, for him tonight, he does hold the ball up well. Uh, will this? I mean, <laughs> now begin to put the pressure on to say yeah. to get a couple of goals couple before of goals the break. Uh, but you know, you do feel that this is the kind of game where he will have chances. He's a big, strong, physical presence. He's going to get on the end of a lot of crosses as well. 
Uh, is there a goal in the offing for him tonight? I think there might well be. Um, after getting the first, I mean, if you remember back to Big Sam Cosgrove, which he went a long time before he got the first goal, and look, look what happened after after that. And hopefully it'll be an exact uh, replica as far as Marley's concerned. I always liked him when he was a player at Inverness. He tended to play in the wing for Cali's Thistle, um, but he's he's more th- more than that. His hold-up play, as you mentioned, is great. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully Cosgrove when he's back and Watkins playing playing together. I think mm. that would be a good combination. Yeah, he certainly have. Uh, he's certainly got options, uh, which is not something we've always said about the, the Don squad. Certainly, when injuries have played a part. Uh, and then, just very quickly, one to watch for you from a Don's perspective tonight, Dave. Jo- Johnny Hayes, the manager, was waxing a little bit. Johnny in his wing back position, and uh, he's, he's always a pleasure to watch. And you look at his, his consistency of delivery; it's excellent. So he's yeah. my one to watch. International break, so we won't be here next Friday. But tonight, it's all about the Don's. It's a 7.45 kickoff, 50 minutes to go. It's Aberdeen against St Mirren at Petaudry this evening. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. 